You're listening to the Physics Ed Podcast. For hundreds of ideas, free experiments and more, go to physicseducation.com.au. And now, here's your host, Ben Newsom. Yes, welcome again to another Physics Ed Podcast. Big week this week. It's quite an interesting week, actually, because we're going to learn about how students can create their own games, you know, actually coding them and getting them out into the real world and... <laughs> Seeing what the public thinks. It's really, really interesting. And John Burrow knows a lot about this. You see, he's the CEO and lead developer at Mammoth Interactive. And since 2008, they're producing Xbox 360 games, iPhone games, iPad games, PC and Mac apps, all these things. And they've been helping students right across the planet, seriously, 300,000 of them, understand how to code in those environments and produce real games which is so cool and it just might be something that your students might want to get involved with all the way from primary school into middle school, high school, all that sort of stuff. Those kids can follow those courses that Mammoth Interactive have created. So let's listen on to what John Burrow has been doing and how easy this can be done. This is the Physics Ed Podcast. We're all about science, ed tech and more. To see 100 fun free experiments you can do with your class, Go to physicseducation.com.au. That's physics spelled F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S. And click 100 free experiments. Uh, so I run a company called Mammoth Interactive. We make games, apps, and training content. We're most known for our training content. I started this in my bedroom in 2011, and we've sold over 700,000 courses since then. Uh, it's, it's been amazing. It's been amazing eight years, and uh, everyone loves our courses. And we are always trying to produce the next great tech course. It's funny how it's almost a cliche, the whole out of the bedroom thing, but it tends to be the case, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I mean, that's, that's quite a roll on since 2011. I mean, it's 2019, so therefore time stamping this podcast. But um, I mean, that's quite a bit to put out in that short amount of time. Absolutely. So, you know, um, at, at the time, again, I started this in my bedroom. I worked on my, by myself for many, many years. I bootstrapped the business. And then in 2016, I got an office and employees. And uh, yeah, that's, it's, it's been growing ever since. Well, one of the things I love about what you guys are doing is it's clearly not just tech for tech's sake. I mean, you have a real education purpose. And um, I mean, probably some people have not come across Mammoth before. Um, let me just dive into the sort of things that you kind of do. So uh, we make mostly tra training content that teach people how to code. And one of the things that we do is we try to get people to produce practical projects. So uh, a lot of like computer science and computer engineering degrees, they give you a lot of theoretical code, but we like boot camps want to give people a complete project. And this is what we find that a lot of uh, like people who already know how to code or are already engineers that take our courses, they, they like because, you know, in maybe 20 hours, they could have a whole uh, kind of course or a whole app that they can release to the app store and then use it on their LinkedIn resume. And it, it, a lot of our courses start from nothing. Like we have a, a course that shows kids how to make uh, a, a game like Fortnite from scratch. Uh, so, you know, you start off with nothing and then you code it, you make the levels, you make the art and then do all the multiplayer and then you actually finish the game. And at the end, you have like a fully functional kind of Fortnite clone uh, at the end of it. And that way, you know, kids can be like, hey, I built this at the end of the day instead of just like, you know, putting together a few if statements and functions and saying, you know, they, they did something. But this is like a complete project. Well, that's really wild because, I mean, um, I mean there's, there's a real push for computational thinking and trying to get kids into coding and whatnot, but actually having a purpose and actually being able to output something of actual value to people is another thing altogether. I mean, 
I mean, so, so what sort of ages are you sort of dealing with here? Uh, so like that particular course is probably, you know, uh, middle school to high school, uh, just because, uh, you know, those courses are a little bit, um, well, well, the multiplayer, that one's a little bit bigger. So it's, it's a little bit harder for, um, for young kids to take it. But we have, you know, we've at Mammoth Interactive, we've taught uh, kids anywhere from five years old to 90. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so, you know, we really have the whole range. We have a course called Kids Coding, which a lot of kids have taken. And that, that starts at around, you know, five, six. So, um, I mean, actually, I want to sort of dive in onto this because, I mean, um, I mean, by the way, I mean, uh, 80, 70, 90 years old, we're still kids at heart in a lot of ways too. So that's definitely the, you know, the case because we, we've run coding as well to all, all those students, which we always say, it's irrelevant what your age is, is what do you want to do? Um, but working with the really younger ages, I mean, do you find that challenging? Um, you know, a lot of the stuff that we do is, is uh, learn at your own pace, which, you know, in a lot of, uh, depending on what kind of school system you're in, you kind of get forced through. So, you know, if a kid's, it's good for kids that are, you know, maybe learn a bit slower because they can watch the videos two, three times or kids that are really, really gifted and they can just whip through the, the whole course in a weekend because kids are really smart these days. Right. So, uh, so in, to a certain extent, like sometimes if you, if, you know, kids watch it two or three times, they usually get it after the second or third time. And because of it's a learning your own pace, you know, the, and the videos are very self-explanatory, you know, one of the things that we try to do here is make the tutorials very easy to understand. Like if you've ever taken a drawing tutorial, you know, a drawing tutorial, you have a blank page, three circles, and then the next step the instructor shows you is like you have the Mona Lisa and there's like, you feel like there's something missing in there. We try to go through step by step so that, you know, literally anyone can go take these courses. And which is kind of nice about this because when you're dealing with the, you know, the really younger age thing and then, then going through to the middle school and high school and being able to say, here's a thing on a LinkedIn resume they can present. I actually would say not just about job prospects. I suspect that some of these kids that you put through these courses will have started up genuine apps that are actually out there in the marketplace. They've actually created themselves their own job, effectively their own company and gone from there. Absolutely. You know, if you, if, if you're into game development or app development and you're in high school, like when I was in high school, none of this was possible, right? Like, like there's no app store, there was nothing and coding was, it was really hard to even get a game on any kind of console. But you know, if I was in high school right now, I would absolutely put out an Android app. Um, you know, you never know because if it's good enough, then you've paid for your university, right? Uh, or, you know, you, you don't need that, that uh, a lame summer job. Uh, you've already made it by making a game. And then you've kind of, in a sense, uh, won the lottery. So I would at least try that. And, you know, of course, have a backup plan because it's really hard. Success is really hard. But, you know, you should try it. Well, one of these things that um, came up uh, we're, we're on this podcast, I mean, we, we spoke with lots, lots of really interesting people doing really cool stuff. And one of the people who recently was on here was Michael Kasimovic, who founded Aludo, which is this biological app games thing. But he's not a coder in any way. He's a professor in biological sciences at the local university around the corner here. And all he was trying to do was help his undergraduate students understand some biological concepts. And suddenly over time, they built this thing out of nothing. And and sort of the things that I'd like to sort of talk about, especially uh, teachers listening on in, is that if you've got some kids, they might be in grade six or grade nine or whatever, building a thing, you don't always have to have this guy, we're going to get to this goal. It, you could be, you could easily <laughs> create a, a skill set which they can apply either later in life or frankly can go on a tangent and produce something they never expected. 
Exactly. Uh, that, that's a really good example that you brought up there. Like sometimes the best businesses, you know, if you find a way to help some people, then chances are there's like thousands to tens of thousands of people that you can help. So, you know, if you have a, a specific need and like a very you know niche need for a, an app out there, it could become successful. And if it becomes successful, your customers will tell you what you want in that, in that app. And then it can spiral up to something new. And, you know, it, it can be something as simple as you just said. Yeah, well, it's the thing. Like, I mean, we're talking students a lot here, but in reality, is that us as educators, we have to sort of have our own skill sets to be able to help these kids. I mean, I mean, what are some tips for teachers trying to get their head around how to teach computational thinking, dealing with coding, all that? Like, really, if you're going right to the back, right to the basics, they've just left the university and they want to teach this stuff, but they might not have their skill set themselves yet. So the best thing to do is, is I like to think of coding um, as kind of like uh, an athlete does. Like an athlete, they practice and then they play. And coding is, is very similar. You have to kind of you know, practice and play, or, or a musician is, is another good example. So if you want to teach coding, then I would consider trying to make like a full app from scratch. And the thing about coding is that whenever you learn something, even if it's a different language, like let's say you start out in JavaScript and then you move to C++ or something like that, a lot of the, the concepts tend to compound on one another. Uh, so if you learn something, then you'll probably have that for a long time and you'll be able to transfer it over. So the, the more you kind of just immerse yourself in code, the, the better you'll be. Yeah, no, fair enough. I mean, I mean, imagine that um, obviously you'd have teachers arrive, or you know, adults arriving with all sorts of different skill sets. I mean, with the, with the stuff that Mammoth Interactive does, I mean, is it able to be combined with other chunks of code that exists out in the environment, out in the world? Uh, so that's a, that's, a really good, that's a really good question. So a lot of the reasons why people buy our courses is we go from start to finish. Like, you know, a lot of people, believe it or not, come from YouTube because they're trying to patch code together. Yeah. And like, imagine if you're trying to build a machine and like one tutorial's in metric, the other's in imperial, and then the other's in some kind of weird other thing, right? It would be very difficult uh, to, um, it would be very difficult to make sure that, um, uh, you know, to paste these two together. So in essence, um, you know, we take someone from start to finish and we try to teach the best, uh, uh, the, uh, the, the best kind of way of doing things. And, you know, once you have that foundation, you can go elsewhere and, and get your code. But eventually, you'll be able. You'll be so good at your own code that you won't need to do that as much. And that's, I suppose, where the fun starts, right? Yes, exactly. Right. I guess the only thing that could be challenging, though, is working in these online learning environments can be difficult for some learners because, in some ways, they could feel themselves quite isolated. I mean, is there sort of like a network, a community of learners where they can sort of, you know, mix and say good day, or even like through whether it's blogs or MOOCs or whatever, like. Try, trying to work in an online environment can be tough. I mean, how do you sort of uh, work with those kids? Yeah, so um, you, you bring up a really good point. So uh, online learning, like if you're an introvert and you're just like sitting in front of your computer all day, right? I mean, online learning is like your best place to go. But, you know, there's lots of forums out there. And, and recently there's, there's a bunch of different channels like on Discord that you can go uh, talk to. Uh, and, you know, a lot of them are private. You just have to basically search for them. Um, often the best thing to do is to go meet other developers. Uh, and even it, this doesn't matter whether you're a really good developer or you're just starting out, you need to go talk to other people in real life too. Because um, I have this uh, 
I have this theory that you need a balanced diet of education, meaning you got to go to class, you got to learn online, and you also got to meet people in real life too and talk about it. I have learned so much about coding, uh, talking with other coders over beer, right? And we get into some heated arguments about, you know, you know, just some heated arguments. And I've learned so much from that too. So it, it, is, it is important to go meet people elsewhere. Yeah, it's funny, you know, how you get um, people around a particular uh, subject that they're interested in, how much arguments around the uh, water cooler, so to speak, start. I mean, I know a lot of scientists and they'll happily uh, argue for hours about the date of a particular rock or a dinosaur <laughs> bone or whatever it is. And I mean, coding is no different, right? Absolutely. Especially because it's a process. There's different things you can, um, uh, there's different ways you can do things. And, um, you know, you, you talk through that. And even if someone has a completely different way of doing something, you'll probably learn something from that. Yeah, that's it. Now, I mean, I mean I'd love to just sort of um, dive in just into, like, if you're, so people are listening in this, going, you know what, maybe this might be for me. I mean, so they, they, they jump on a Mammoth Interactive site. I mean, where should they sort of kind of start? Uh, sure. So our flagship course is called Hello Coding. It's got 170 hours of content. It takes you from knowing nothing about coding, starts you out with web development. It gets you into app development, making uh, Android and iOS apps. Uh, it also teaches you game development. And then at the end, it teaches you Python, artificial intelligence, and machine learning. So it's the com really the complete bundle. And you can see all of that at mammothinteractive.com. Also, if you have an institution or you're, you want our courses at an institution, we have in really good competitive licensing um, uh, uh, deals. So you can uh, email us at sales at mammothinteractive.com uh, if your institution is interested in licensing some of our, um, of our products. No, that's right. Just out of interest, I mean, because I, mean, I have not created an app. Uh, and I'm going to say yet, by the way, because <laughs> I shouldn't just say I haven't done it and therefore never going to do it. I think I should do it at some point. Um, do you find that it's difficult uh, for people to be able to swap and change between the different platforms, like going from, you know, iOS, now they're playing in an, you know, another area. Is that a difficult transition or do you find that it's not too bad once they get the basics? Um, so you know, most of the languages out there um, derive a lot, of, a lot of their kind of syntax from C++. And so if you learn one language, then you can probably learn a few others. The real difference is, is comes to like the big picture on how they actually make an app. Because if you want to make an iOS app in Xcode, it's different from making it in Flutter. Like they're, they're, uh, they're two totally, and, and, and it's a little different from making it in Android Studio. So they're, they're a little bit different here and there. I would suggest just picking one and sticking with that for a while. And if you need to change, then change, change later. But you know what? If you learn something and you feel like that wasn't the best start for you, don't feel bad about that because programmers change their languages all the time. It's just part of the industry. Oh, the number of languages out there, it's insane. We, we get, um, every now and then we'll get uh, software companies contacting us saying, your website's in this side. You really should be on Ruby on Rails or whatever it is. There's so many different versions of stuff out there. Then people create their own things as well. Exactly. Yeah, as long as the browsers can work it out and it's downloadable. It's probably a good start. Yeah. Uh, look, look, John, thank you very much for popping on this. I mean, I just wanted to get a bit of an idea of what you guys are doing and also some of your thoughts about how to, you know, get kids in the coding. It sounds like probably the bottom line is start. Yeah. You know, even if you have, um, even if you're a coder and you, you're having trouble getting things done, the number one thing you can do, sit in front of your computer and just start doing it. And then later you'll get pushed down the rabbit hole of coding. And maybe your hit app will reach the app store.
Exactly. And actually, just before you go, I might just ask in terms of your own rabbit hole. I mean, it's now 2019. It's eight years since you founded Mammoth Interactive. Where can you imagine you going next with the company? Oh, that's so we, we plan to continue doing what we're doing. And that is putting top uh, top uh, line uh courses out. So our latest course is how to build a complete Airbnb app from scratch. That should be out fairly soon, uh, depending on when this uh, podcast gets released, but we'll continue to put out really uh, excellent content. We're also, since I have two kids, I'm making apps for, uh, for my kids. Uh, so you can check those out on mammothinteractive.com. Uh, and uh, you can also, uh, and if you uh, subscribe to our Twitter, which is Mammoth Company, uh, you can check out all the latest news and there'll probably be some big news within a year from now. That's all I'm going to say right now. <laughs> uh, understand. So there you go, guys. Just, you know, I suppose heard it first. Go check out what they're getting up to. <laughs> you'll see exactly. Tell you what, that Airbnb thing is going to be very interesting. I'd imagine you might get hammered with inquiries once that goes out. Absolutely. This one's one of our bigger, um, bigger courses where, you know, oftentimes we'd show you like how to build a small version of these top apps, but this literally shows you how to build a real clone of Airbnb. And if you go through this course, then you'll be definitely ready for a junior developer job. It's fun times, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Yeah. That's <laughs> nah, awesome. Look, John, thanks again for hanging out with Phys Ed podcast. And uh, look, Brad, glad to see that you created this thing. And more importantly, you're giving people genuine, true tools to build real things that aren't just sort of stuck in the classroom somewhere. I mean, these students can do this and who knows where they'll go next. Absolutely. Not all TPL for teachers is as awesome as it could be. I feel like there's a lot of PowerPoint presentations, a lot of sitting and listening to someone talking. Well, if you want to break from that, physics TPL sessions are fully hands-on, fully integrated with the curriculum and full of amazing science ideas that you can put in your classroom right now. So what do you reckon? Coding, do you reckon you could do it? I reckon so, considering just how easy it can be getting your students involved in tech and all these different ways is certainly one thing, but actually being able to make real games that kids can actually upload into the real world that people can actually use, that's going to be so much more valuable to them in their future. And let's be honest, it makes it more real. So uh, why not go jump on the Mammoth Interactive website and just find out what they've got to offer. I reckon it's really worth your time. And let's be honest, as adults, it's probably not, <laughs> not a bad idea to learn how to code games ourselves. It's not a bad way of just you know learning what is this platform and how can we then use this to teach kids to do it themselves. And uh, hey, you might be creating a few games yourself. Look, uh, look, that's enough from us from the Phys Ed Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. And uh, look, coming in the next few weeks, we have a few more things coming up, I guarantee. But uh, look, for now, enjoy your afternoon or your morning or whatever you're getting up to, and I'll catch you another time. You've been listening to another Physics Ed podcast. We're excited about science. Subscribe to us on iTunes to download the next episode as soon as it's released. And don't forget, for hundreds of ideas, free experiments, our new Be Amazing book and more, go to physicseducation.com.au. That's physics spelled F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S. This podcast is part of the Australian Educators Online Network. AEON.net.au